0: Hello, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 92. Uh, as usual, we've got a bunch of amazing, in fact, this week we've got some especially good comments and emails from you guys. Um, and of course, I'm gonna start with a grammar point. And today's grammar point is all about or changing of the turn of events. Essentially, we're just gonna talk about the word, but, B-U-T in Chinese. And there's four different ways of saying but that we're going to talk about today. Uh, starting with 不过 So let's check out this first sentence here 我儿子没有手机, My son doesn't have a phone, but I do So 不过 is usually, usually used in positive situations um, It's also the most, let's say the softest way of saying but as well um, so it can also be used in neutral situations but if it's especially soft or um, benign sort of uh, change of events that you're talking about you can use 不过 as well but it's usually used in positive circumstances so let's look at sentence sentence 2 and also check out another way of saying but so this sentence has a bunch of cool stuff in it and it just goes to show you that even though this sentence is designed from level 14 to help you learn the word 但是, or at least that's what we're doing in this circumstance. It contains a bunch of other grammar points that you're also learning, or maybe you haven't come across yet, but it will also help you solidify them if you listen to and read this sentence and even shadow it as in speak it at the same time. So for example, we have 我吃了, I've eaten, or I have eaten that, that You're you're practicing that, it signifies a change or completion. 但是, of course, and 可是 means, but. are 我的儿子还没吃. So you've got the example of 还没, still have not, which could also be 还没有, but it's often shortened to be more colloquial. So 还没吃, uh, just to make it more uh, natural. Um, so anyway, 但是, or 可是, I want you to remember that these two ways of saying but are essentially interchangeable. You can use them anytime you like, but there are some subtle differences. So, "dan shu" is slightly more formal, and it also has more of a connotation of a more abrupt or jarring change uh, turn of events. Um, so, I ate, but my son hasn't eaten. It's a bit more serious, I could, I guess you could say. Um, from the speaker's perspective then oh I've got a phone. Um so there's that example. Um also, yeah, but that's it really. So kusha and Dan Shu just just see them as the same, uh except you might want to say if Dan Shu for the one it's a bit more serious. I also hear Chinese people say, Dan Shu na, sort of like as a as a break in in what they're saying, just to extra emphasize uh the however or but uh turn of events that they're talking about. So let's look at sentence uh three here. Again, we're talking about someone's arza, someone's son. are. So again, we're negative. So the last sentence was also negative. 我儿子没吃,还没吃. So it's negative. And this is also negative. So for both of these sentences, sentence two and three, we would not use 不过, because that's only for positive, right? So let's look at sentence four. 我住在东边, So this one we're using 不过 for the fact that this person works in the West. So what about sentence five here? Sentence five is introducing one last but here, which is dan, not 但是, just dan by itself. So let's have a look. So, I've only got one big dog, but I have two small kittens. So this "dan" is out of all of the ones we've spoken about so far is the most formal. You'll usually see it in written uh, examples, and if you use it in speech, it's not like you'll sound. It might sound a little bit strange if you're talking just with friends or just in a very casual environment but you can use it in say speeches or just more formal situations or if you're talking to someone with a bit of status and you want to sound posh you can go ahead and use it but that's it that's the only difference really so these different ways of saying but we've got "dàn 但是, 但,可是 and 不过 they should be all you'll need really to get this meaning across and if you keep reading the sentences that come up in the course if you are on the course um, then you will uh, eventually acquire them and you'll eventually know exactly when to use it just instinctively. Okay. So I think dan 但是, 可是 and 不过 are all you'll really need to get by and to use but in all these different uh, contexts. So if you go through the course, the Mandarin Blueprint Method, you, and you start reading the sentences, you can also search for the grammar tag, which is coming up on screen right now. And you can get all of the flashcards in one go that relate to this particular grammar point, this zhuan this turn of events. And you can review them individually if you like. I hope that helped you guys and that should be all you'll need for now uh, for mastering this grammar concept. So let's move on. Now, like I said, we had some great comments and emails from you guys this week. So let's jump in. The first one I wanted to read was a really nice email from Christine Anderson. um, And she just sent us in uh, essentially a review of the course so far but it's not just a way of us patting ourselves on the back i think that she has a very interesting unique perspective that i think a lot of you would benefit from whether you're on the course or not so without further ado let's have a look to be honest learning chinese has never been an item on my bucket list if i'd been planning to learn a new language it would make a lot more sense to learn something like dutch or german My home language is Afrikaans, the youngest language in the world, which originated from Dutch and other influences about 150 years ago. I can already read and understand most of Dutch and German. Yet here I am studying Chinese, one of the most difficult languages in the world for Westerners. I blame COVID personally. When the lockdown happened, my mental state was such that I could not summon enough energy to spend on my normal hobbies, such as reading or sewing. I was also working full time from home, which was totally exhausting. I looked for something that would take my mind off things and that I could immerse myself in without having to invest a lot of emotional energy. Somehow I fell into the rabbit hole of Chinese Chinese fantasy costume TV dramas. After watching a few episodes of the first one, I was hooked. They were perfect for my state of mind, funny, over the the top, dramatic, without asking me to angst too much over what will happen. I'm perfectly happy, happy to read English subtitles, but slowly became intrigued by the language. How can this even be a language? It all sounds the same. Well, there are only 1,200 syllables. So, that's, Oh well, if you count tones, only 400 or so if you don't. Then, as these things happen these days, advertisements for Mandarin courses started to pop up in my social media. Maybe I should just do a short course on pronunciation. That's where it all started. Suddenly I found myself signing up for the foundation course and here I am today being able to read short sentences in Chinese. (laughs) My name is Bread, for example. Yeah, in the early days of the course, you know, we have limited, uh, you only have a limited characters, maybe 50 or 60 characters and a similar amount of words, but we want you reading Chinese sentences without any help from pinyin or English as early as possible. So we would sometimes piece together based on the small (laughs) vocabulary we had um, and names are quite, rare characters so they wouldn't pop up yet <clears throat> so we had my name is bread as one of the sentences early on but they get really normal really quick don't worry and plus that is actually a cultural insight because if you ever come to china start talking to chinese people the english names they sometimes choose for themselves are a bit <laughs> well let's put it this way as an english teacher before i came across uh, people called seven seven's a really popular name just the number seven Um, Cabbage was one Chocolate uh, Milkshake uh, Crystal with a K uh, You know, all this sort of stuff So, oh well We quickly uh, migrated from there to My phone is slow That's a bit better I still can't understand anything anyone says in in the Chinese dramas But boy, am I excited when I watch one Where there are dual subtitles in both Chinese and English And I can suddenly recognize a character And realize that they said something that I actually know my goal is to one day be able to watch Chinese dramas and be able to do at least understand some of what they're saying without being dependent on subtitles. But I'm also getting excited by the other possibilities that exist in being able to speak Chinese. I emigrated to New Zealand about two years ago. There's a huge business presence in here in, China, in uh, New Zealand and I've come to the realization that if I can learn Chinese I'll be able to tap into a huge potential market for work or business, absolutely. Apart from that, learning Chinese in the past couple of weeks has really taken my mind off things and enabled me to immerse myself into something that is so totally different from what I'm used to that I feel I had been transported into a totally different dimension. Wow. The way that the course is constructed and presented makes you feel as if you are playing a game or putting together a puzzle. It is exciting every day to learn new characters and to review the characters and words that you have learned over the past few days to see if you can still remember them. Was it Lady Di or Marilyn Monroe who entered the bathroom of my grandmother's house and pushed the hook in her hand through the floating sun-shaped balloon into an electrical socket causing her hair to frizz and her body to jerk around from the shock? Mm, maybe I shouldn't have chosen such similar wishy-washy actors. Lesson learned. Uh, for those of you who aren't on the course, what, she, what she's describing is the hands and moving method, the memory palace uh, system that we teach you to learn characters, very effective. What do I like about the course? I like the way the course is structured so that you work through levels. This gives one a real sense of achievement. Luke and Phil also constantly encourage and congratulate you on your progress, which, makes, which really helps with motivation or conti- for continuing. Obviously, the hands and moving method approach is a game changer. It makes it super easy to remember characters and words. I had known about the Memory Palace concept before, but I've never tried to apply it myself. With Luke and Phil's guidance, it all just clicked together and is making so much sense. To learn a character, and this includes the meaning tone, the stroke order, as well as the actual character itself, the meaning, is a matter of minutes and you rarely forget a character once you've learned it. I've mentioned before that Luke and Phil are super involved in the course. These guys go over and beyond what is required. They regularly interact with people going through the various stages by commenting on their comments. That's what we do here in the podcast. But what I also really appreciate is the other advice that comes with the course. They not only uh, coach Chinese, but also give you advice on goal setting, dealing with slumps and setbacks, and just overall general advice on how to be successful in tackling something as new and daunting as learning this language. I also really appreciate the effort that was put into creating the Anki decks. I was also familiar with space repetition systems before and have tried to create flashcards for my son for some subjects in primary school. I gave up after a few tries since it is just so much darn work to create the flashcards. Yeah, it's tough to do it on your own. I therefore really appreciate the amount of effort that went into creating those cards. I'm in the early stage of my journey so far, I'm amazed at the progress I've made. I'm amazed that I can, that the fact that I can read and understand simple sentences. I started the foundation course exactly five weeks ago today. Great. But I know there is still a long way to go. I try not to be too upset that I still cannot understand a single word of my Chinese dramas. No, I lie. I do catch a few words here and there. Yeah, maybe being a bit hard on yourself. And listening, by the way, is the hardest one. It's not the hardest, it's actually the easiest to learn. All you have to do is just listen in the background while doing other stuff. Um, <clears throat> but it takes the longest. Uh, it takes the most amount of time, I think, to become proficient at, and it's, it's a natural process that you can't rush, really. You can just, you can just listen more. I know that Rome, not, to speak of, not speaking of Beijing, is not built in a day. It's going to take a lot of hard work and dedication to reach the top of the mountain, but I'm convinced that if I just maintain my focus, learn a few new characters every day, and review my previous words and sentences, I'll be able to achieve my ultimate goal one day in the future, to watch Nirvana in fire without subtitles thank you christine that's our goal uh you know chinese is still huge regardless there are tons of shortcuts and we've done them all i think uh we've made it as short as we can but i think the, the important thing that we give you is you know you we give you that knowledge and confidence that if i just keep putting in the time it's going to be worth it because phil and i have done this really stressed us out when we were trying to learn chinese and it would just we'd invest like 50 hours of our time i would any i, I remember I, i'd invest like many many hours of my own time into something that looked good, and I sort of, I gambled, you know, and then I lost, and this 50 hours was essentially a waste, or largely a waste, and it would just be so frustrating. It's like, okay, well, am I just rubbish (laughs) at languages, you know, so we tried to remove that, so I'm glad you saw that. Um, Thanks to Luke and Phil for such an outstanding course. If you ever a doubt whether it's worth it and worth the money, I don't doubt it. Don't doubt it, it is worth it. Even if you just spend a few weeks with it, learning a new skill such as memory palaces and learning to use space repetition systems, it is already worth it. But the satisfaction that comes from looking at Chinese characters and realizing that you can actually understand what they're trying to depict is really priceless. Thank you so much, Christine, for the wonderful words. Really appreciate that. Um, And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, to hearing how you do in another few weeks or months. Okay, the next one here is from Julianne McClay on uh, one of the bonus videos, all about time, investing the right amount of time, uh, which is absolutely essential. It's kind of what I was saying about Christine. It's like, we've laid out the, the the language as clearly as we think is possible. Obviously, there's still room for improvement, but essentially, it's the steps are there, and you, but you still have to put in the time, and we recommend at least an hour a day. You know, it could be broken up, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes, 20 minutes there, but you need an hour a day, really, if you want to see solid progress. 30 minutes is also fine, but if you want to see breakthroughs every few months, uh, you know, wow, wow, you want to have those wow moments where you're achieving a big milestone in the language every every few weeks or months, you need to put in that time, you know. Um, but the time you put in will be worth it, 100%. So Julianne says, thank you guys for this course. That's the pronunciation course. It has been great so far. I like to finish every few lessons with watching Happy Chinese on YouTube. Uh, it's a show in Chinese, and I love noticing new things, the better I get. I'm starting to hear the ma's when there's a question or when they use the bu or the l. It feels like a little reward going through the course. Yes, and if you keep, listen as early as possible, guys. And it goes for everyone here, whether you're on the course or not, if you're, whether you're a beginner or more advanced, you should be listening to Chinese all the time if you want to improve steadily, you know. Um, I don't, I'm now, I guess I'm more advanced. I'm not like, you know, I'm not. I'm no Dashan, but it's like, uh, so i I don't put in as much listening practice as I used to but when I was in like a beginner intermediate upper intermediate or whatever I was listening to stuff constantly as soon when, no as long as I didn't avoid my other half annoy, annoy my other half too much or I was being rude or anything like that I always had earphones in my ears listening to stuff you know uh, and and julian has got a good idea yeah happy Chinese is a cool little show actually I think it's made directed at learners of Chinese. Like, uh, but uh, it's, it's you know real actors, real, real TV show. Uh, so check it out. <clears throat> Matt Schubert on, again, you did it. So this is the final lesson of the pronunciation mastery course. Just saying, well done guys, you made it to the end and you're now on your way to mastering pronunciation. Well done. Um, he says, just finished the PM course and I feel I need to express my gratitude for this great thing you guys have built. My Mandarin journey began over a year ago, but was incredibly scattershot and inconsistent. With little overall progress. Worse, I had adopted so many poor pronunciation practices. My girlfriend t- tried to help, but it was mostly with mostly consisted of her saying, "No, it's chu, not chi." But honestly, it wasn't until learning from fellow Wagwan—that's me um, and Phil—means foreigners—that uh, all of the tones, initials, and finals finally made sense. She told me that my pronunciation of the last two weeks is like night and day. Ah, oh, that's music to my ears. You guys just get how to teach this language for non-Chinese adults. Well, that's us, after all, we are that. So that's probably why we get it, right? Because we're talking to ourselves, essentially. Uh, I'm so incredibly excited to move on to the Mandarin blueprint course proper and build up my Mandarin skills the right way, right after I zero out these pronunciation decks. Cheers, Luke and Phil. Thanks, Matt. Um, Awesome comment, thank you very much, and also, it seems like you've got the right idea about you're taking Anki decks seriously. That's gonna, that is going to be even more vital once you move on to the rest of the course. Um, not only do you get more flashcards, but also they are more important, really. Um, more essential because you're, you're learning essential aspects of the language. Whereas the pronunciation decks um, are more like... Bo- I see them as more like bonuses. Um, And just to have some audio to practice the sounds and stuff, it's not, I don't, it's not, not necessarily need to be taken as seriously. Um, But I'm glad that you have that attitude about them right now, because it's going to come in handy. This next one's from Dawn Shannon on You Did It. It's the end of the, again, it's the same lesson. Um, She says, this pronunciation course is invaluable. Anyone who is considering learning Mandarin Chinese should take this course. For me, it removed the negative thinking. For example, I will never be able to learn this language. Am I just stupid when it comes to Mandarin? That thinking is now in the past. Whatever I consider to be an asset, <clears throat> what I consider to be an asset is Luke and Phil, whose mother tongue is English, who overcame the hurdles and the troubles and the frustrations of learning Mandarin Chinese. They were able to succeed. So yes, I can learn Mandarin. I have the roadmap. And again, it's that idea of, the. I'm, I'm so glad that we managed to get that Uh, through to you, Dawn. That's amazing. Chinese is not that, it's not the impossible language that only Chinese people can learn because it's something in their DNA says that only they can learn it. Utter nonsense. It can be done if it's done the right way, right? That's fantastic. Uh, Matt on uh, SRS. So this comment was really nice. Um, I really appreciate this from Matt because Anki is the flush card software that we, we use with the course for and it's, a, it's the best software out there for SRS but it's a bit of a learning curve and it's not so user friendly and all that but once you get past that you get past the learning curve it's, it's amazing. Um, So we're used to negative comments about Anki. We're not used to positive. So this is nice. So let's let's have a look. I see a lot of people dunking on Anki in various comments. Even Luke and Phil often seem apologetic about the fact that they chose to use it for the course. But honestly, after the initial growing pains, I love it. It's got a steeper learning curve and a total lack of aesthetic quality. But in return, it has full-featured and easy-to-use card customization, near-perfect cross-device syncing, Seriously, I'm amazed I can jump from my home desktop to my work to my Android phone even within the same study session and it all works just seamlessly. A study algorithm that you can either just take as is and it works great for retention or you can edit to the finest detail. And then finally, no cost, unless you get it on iPhone and iPad, but yeah, it's free for everything else. The above coupled with the fact that the guys provide all the decks to make this method work, that's all we can really ask for. Thank you very much for that, it's much needed. This next one is from Kate Gans, and uh, she asked a very interesting question, which is What is when do you use 生活 instead of 住? Are they interchangeable? Uh, and the answer is no. So the difference between the two is quite big. They're not interchangeable at all. Um, 住 means to reside. That's what you would say. If you want to say I live at this specific place, in this country, on this street, uh, I live with my mother, like what are you talking about? Are you talking about reside? then that is du. Uh, that's what you would use it for. It's very specific. Whereas, shenghuo is very broad. It has a lot of different meanings. And it's rather general in scope. So, for example, if you look it up in Pleco, you'll see several definitions for it. It could be uh, uh, life in general. So, uh, for example, 提高生活质量, so raise your life quality. Uh, it could also be a verb, which means to live. So he, since he was little, he's lived with his mum. but it's live, it's more, is more like it's more like living, living life, like passing the days of his life, as opposed to residing, you know, in that specific sense. And then you have uh, the much less common meaning, which is survive. So, So without water, then people just cannot survive. They cannot live. Yeah. So keep look, looking at look at some more example sentences, and you'll you'll sort of click with it a little bit more. Great. So the next one we have is from Alex Sumray. On it's one of the longer form pieces of content that we have, and he's got an interesting question. He says, "Hi there, really struggling to understand this sentence made here in So <laughs> every day at noon, roughly at twelve o'clock." So he says, not sure I'm missing something here, but I don't see why the sentence couldn't just be at noon or just roughly at 12. Why do we say which means noon and then also 12? Isn't that superfluous? That's what he means. And the answer is to Chinese people is more like lunchtime. It's more like that period, I guess, between 11 and 1 o'clock. So it's a chunk of the day. So it's absolutely fine to specify twelve. Now in the future, if you want to specify twelve, just say the time, uh, or say both. Say just to make hundred percent sure. Um, yeah. So it's just a, a way the way the way the Chinese think about it. The next one here is from Gregory Pataro. Pataro. So the next one here is from Gregory on new vocabulary unlocked for 银行, which means bank. And he's he's not understanding uh, or he's not quite sure about some of the one of the example sentences we provide so he says I'm not sure about if I understand the use of may in this sentence 接到的银行关门没. so are the banks on this road closed shouldn't we say ma instead uh, we could say both <clears throat> so may is short for me right and that's another way you could say it so you could say 关门没有。so are they closed or you can me which is even more cool and colloquial, okay? So, Matt is absolutely fine too, but I would say if you said May, that would sound the most local, that would sound the most It's just a very casual, cool way of saying it, okay? So remember that for the future and try it out. All right, so that's all the uh, emails and comments that we've had this week. Let's move on to some movies. And As usual, we've had a bunch of cool ones from you this week. Um, Let's start with Dan Hellsloot. He says, Oh, this is for the movie, uh, for the character Wang, for King. In the kitchen of my ANT set, Wreck It Ralph places a crown of razor blades on a bag of soil. He gets on one knee and proclaims, All hail the king of the earth. Okay, so very straightforward. So the character means king, and he's tweaked one of the props to sort of look like a crown. So that's, that's an interesting uh, thing to do. I like that. As long as I don't think you have to have multiple blades just maybe bend one slightly but i just to, just so it's clear it's still that prop but still uh, it's it's really imaginative and i like it um so that will work very well thank you uh Della on make a movie for nian so this is a rather rare character but we still need to learn it because it's a chinese character and it's more importantly it's used uh as a component in many other characters more common characters so um Della says Oh, this means... uh, Nian means 20, by the way. Okay. She says, My friend Nancy is sitting in my sister's backyard, the AN location, and is so excited because she has been studiously studying Mandarin Blueprint for 20 weeks and is now halfway through the course. She wants to commemorate this occasion somehow. On the table beside her, she sees two wooden crosses. Her face lights up with a great idea. She walks over to the garden with two crosses and sticks them both in the dirt. They look great for a moment, but then they keep falling sideways. She pulls her trusty razor blade out of her pocket and sticks it to into the bottoms of both of the crosses to keep them upright. They look fantastic, and they signify twenty perfectly. So, <clears throat> I'd say the only thing that's missing from this scene is a strong is a strong keyword representation. So the twenty weeks is a is a very general, and it's I don't it's not that visual. Um, I do re-appreciate the uh, the plug for the course, though. Um, but we need to think of an example of 20. 20, 20. What comes in 20s? I can't actually think of anything off the top of my head, but you can do a Google search and see, and look at the images that pop up and think what images relate to the. Tw- Maybe it's a $20 bill, a £20 note. I, I think that's the one with Charles Darwin on it, in English, in England, English money. Um, so I can imagine that fairly, it's like purpley in color. So I can imagine that quite clear. If you're Australian, you can imagine the $20, $20 Australian note. You get, you get the idea. Money seems to be quite a good one for that. Uh, but you get the idea, uh, Della. I really like uh, the subtle, simple nature of the scene though. I just think you might forget the meaning, but do you know what? This meaning is so rare you know, it's not going to come up really in that. It, it's very rare to come up as itself. So it's not that important, really. Um, but still, we'd like to, you know, tick all the boxes. So maybe maybe imagine that a bit clearer. But uh, I really like the fact that you haven't really done much in the scene, but it's still very memorable. It's just like tweaking the position of something. And you've used the props in a very imaginative way. So that's very good. Um, thank you very much. So the next one here is from Al. Make a movie for Ju. So this one uh, means govern, and Owl's got this new thing where he's actually practicing his writing, which is I, rec- I recommend you all do, as, even if it's only one sentence uh, every day. Just write something, make a sentence up. And he's actually, as a way of killing two birds with one stone, he's, he's describing his movie scenes using written Chinese. So let's see what he does. Jet Li wants to govern the backyard movie set. 所以他在台上站喝一杯水 so that's actually really good. It's just that you' you've, you've put Jan the, the word stand in the wrong place so so therefore he stands on the stage umhuibei and drinks uh, a glass of water, which is, is describing the scene, okay um I'm not sure how he's governing as well. You did not describe that. But uh, I imagine he's just looking like a leader and telling everyone what to do, or maybe some extras in the background. But either way, I really like this idea, Al, um, and I recommend other people do this. But also, it's quite important, especially when you're writing, because you have so much time to write—you unlimited technically. Go and get it corrected before you just to, just to make sure that you don't um, try to try to minimize your mistakes and if you go on to a website which i love which is an english learning website actually but it's just the the philosophy applies to um any language is antimoon.com so a n t i moon.com and there's a there's a great article there about not making mistakes um and you know uh, we're all going to make mistakes sometime but just try your best to avoid it. And a good way of doing that is to ask like highnative.com. Go to h-i-native.com and maybe, you know, give them your example sentence. Have them to correct it and then post it, you know, just just to make sure that you... And then you're really acquiring that language. You're really sort of... You'll remember that as well. If people correct your written Chinese, you'll really remember it. It'll really sink in. Either way, well done, Al. Keep it coming. And I, I encourage other people to do the same. Next is... Uh, Dennis or Denise or Denis, I don't know. I'm not going to say if it's a man or a woman because I've made that mistake in the past. It's like a French name. So this person, <laughs> Denis, he says, uh, this is for, she says, whatever, uh, make a movie for Lung, which is cold. Um, and he says a sergeant, and this is very good actually, very simple, which I like, um, but very effective. A sergeant is screaming at Leonardo DiCaprio, standing straight in the living room, putting icicles in his clothes and asking, are you cold? No, sir, answers shivering Leonardo. That's, that's really good. He's so got the ice and, uh, of course, the, the right side component is ling, as in ming ling, as in order, to order you to do something. So that's what the sergeant is there for. He's that prop. Very clever. I really like that movie. Um, next, we've got two different stories for the same character. Two different scenes, rather. One is from Alex and one is from Della. So let's see how they compare these different approaches. So Alex says, "For this is for whole, by the way. So whole means behind. So let's see how Alex does it. Leaving out some personal and perhaps overly gruesome elements in my story, it basically involves Harry Redknapp working the production line of an After Eights factory. Are After Eights a thing in other places than England? Yeah. They're like these chocolate square mints thing. They're chocolate with mint sort of uh, cream inside. It's lovely. Anyway, he promises he'll get back to work after his break, but his boss ain't having any of it and comes back with his lightsaber. And yeah, I'll stop the scene there. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. Um, Looks like you've included... I think you've included all of them. Uh, But yeah, I trust that you have all the props, I mean. And it's a really straightforward... Idea, and I can imagine you'd have to use a bit of body gestures in there, like uh, body language, but I'm sure you have. Um, Next we've got Della, let's see how she handles behind this character. Heath Ledger is in the bathroom, sorry, the backyard of my OU location. He is standing in front of a conveyor belt, working hard trimming vegetables with a razor blade, readying them for further processing. The Rolling Stones mouth is being annoying, his annoying self, asking Heath for an autograph. Heath keeps saying, after my shift, after my shift. I can imagine, again, gestures are important because it's an abstract keyword, right? So after, 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 maybe even pointing at his uh, watch or whatever. Um, but the mouth just won't stop shoving his autograph book and pen in Heath's face. Finally, Heath takes the razor blade and cuts both the autograph book and pen in half and throws it back at the mouth. There, I said after, and I mean after. Brilliant. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. Well done for those. And the next one here, we've got another few scenes left. One is from Tyson for Make a Movie for Wan, which means 10,000. He says, I ended up making a scene with a saber-toothed cat after seeing that cat in an ad movie for the movie 10,000 BC and reading that they lived 10,000 years ago. I also found a song with Justin Bieber in it, called 10,000 Hours maybe someone would find Justin Bieber helpful for this scene or maybe both maybe could combine them together somehow yeah and do you know what's funny because I've seen that film and I also actually I envision when I see a saber-toothed tiger that also says 10,000 years BC to me too Um, so that's a great idea well done Tyson and this one uh, I'm a big fan of this next scene Uh, Abigail for make a movie for Zhu which means pig And she's got Jack Dawson is cast in a film which he needs to act like a pig. Mel Streep is trying to show him how. Bear Grylls comes along. He's the left side sort of, I guess it's like a wild sort of animal component. He comes along and can clearly see neither has spent time with pigs. So he's like judging their pig impression. I like that, but for me it's kind of lacking that Kodak moment of like, where's where's the pig? The keyword, and like you might look at the the snapshot of like you know Mel Strip, Strip on uh, all fours with uh, with Jack Dawson, so you might actually need a real pig or one of them turns into a pig or something like that. I don't know, but it's a good idea to have like uh, the the actual keyword as as visual as you can, as direct in terms of its definition. But I still love it. I still love the story. Um, <clears throat> Denis again, I'll make a movie for a tree. <sighs> like to blow. And Chewbacca approached Jabba the Hutt, a lucky character and prop match. I love when that happens. Outside my scene, they had an argument. Jabba called the Howler a flying mouth envelope from Harry Potter. I recently, funnily enough, I'm not even a massive Harry Potter fan, but me and my wife watched the first three of these like really recently, just re-watched them. Um, so that's funny, I know exactly what you're talking about and I definitely wouldn't have remembered a week before, a week ago um which literally blew Chewbacca away so this is the the mouth envelope the howler so ron weasley was in trouble and his, mouth, his mom his sent him an envelope which is a, called a howler which which tells him off it madds him really loudly <laughs> and the, <laughs> great and we've got the last one here tyson again from make a movie for tier, which means moreover um it's more commonly in spoken speech combined with R. it's make like, our tier. Um, and he says, Shuti is resting in the bedroom of my E set, and Mike Wazowski bursts into the room, complaining that there are no razors in the house. Because he's not that attentive and also a little short, he doesn't see that the razors at his feet or the ones on the dresser above his head. Mike, there's more over your head and some at your feet. And moreover, you should knock before you enter this room. And I could, yeah, that's very clever, but well done, Tyson, with the wordplay there. Um, and, you know, I can imagine, like, putting up his hands, and moreover, again, gestures are important with the abstract. Um, But this is great, great scene. Um, So thank you so much, guys, for the awesome emails and comments this week, as usual. Extra good this week, I think. Um, And, of course, thank you again for all of your wonderful movie scenes. Please keep them coming. Respond in the community. If you have any issues, um, you have any things that you want to ask about uh, your flashcards, about the course... Uh, you can email us, of course, contact at mandarinblueprint.com, but it's, it's often a better idea to contact the community, send a post to the community because, you know, we might be asleep or busy with other things and we can't quite answer as quick as everyone else. Um, and there are a lot of helpful people there and a lot of them are a lot smarter than us as well. So um, uh, it might be best to do that. But either way, great chatting to you guys. I hope this was helpful today and I will speak to you very soon. See you soon. Bye.